have unbelievable um, strength. We have unbelievable power. We have unbelievable wisdom. And we have unbelievable vision or dreams if we let God give them to us. Um, <laughs> I've mentioned it a few times because it really bothered me that my four-year-old granddaughter looked at me one day and said, Pop-Pop, church is boring. And I went, okay. I could have said, well, you know, you're four. You don't understand. Instead, I, I, I went to prayer with that and I said, okay, God, what did Addie mean by church is boring? And I think that's why we've lost a whole generation in our church, in every church just about. And the reason is, is church is boring. And it really has nothing to do with the preaching. It really has nothing to do with the singing. Everybody said, oh, we gotta have young music. Ah, the kids don't care when they come in here about music. They wanna know whether this God dude's gonna do something in their lives. They, they care about whether God is going to make a difference in who they are and what they're about and what they're doing and why they're doing it. And, 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 and that's so important. So this morning, I'm going to ask you right from the beginning to begin to allow your spiritual mind to dream. Allow your spiritual mind to be open to whatever God created you for. That your spiritual mind would be open to what exactly did God create me to do? And I can promise you the answer is, go to, is not go to church. Church is supposed to be a place where we're inspired. Church is supposed to be a place where we come together when all of life gets really messy and we come together and would you pray with me? Would you be there for me? I, I see that in my wife's small group, that, that crazy bunch of women just come together and, and just, you know, they just enjoy and they pray for each other and they're on the phone with each other all the time, you know? You know how it is out of the restaurant, the restaurant, you know, they probably all go to the restroom. No, I'm just kidding. But folks, have you forgotten how to dream? Have you forgotten how to dream in the power of God? Have you forgotten how to dream in the, in the glory of God? Have you forgotten how to dream because life happened? And I know life happens, and I know life is messy, and I know life is hard, and I know, uh, I know life has a lot of weight that it puts on us and everything, but, but, I, but I'm asking you right now, are you dreaming? Are you dreaming about who you can be? Are you dreaming about who you can impact in your world? Are you dreaming about how you could see people around you go from being dominated by evil to being dominated by the love and grace of Jesus Christ? Amen? Is anybody with me? Is everybody okay? With Everybody awake so far? You know, I don't want you to fall asleep. You know, this is important. This is important. You got to hear this. Too many people who call themselves Christians have no dreams. They have no vision. They're just kind of there. And you can see it on their face and in their eyes. Watch. No, I'm serious. You're killing yourself. 
God has so much for you as we come into Palm Sunday and and Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and Easter. You gotta understand, what he did on the cross and in the resurrection will set you free so you can dream, so you can be, so you can accomplish, so that you can see the world around you impacted by his love and by his grace and by his glory. You know, we've gotta get back to dreaming. You know, I know your husband's a dingbat and a jerk, but you know what? Pray for him. If Lisa was here, she'd be going, amen. (laughs) I know that wife is crazy, but pray for her. Those kids, they're out of control. Those grandkids, they're out of control. But what are you doing griping about them when you should be on your knees praying for them? Then what you really need to do is you need to set the pace for the people in your world so they know how they too can be great and awesome in the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? See, folks, this is what's missing. This is why the world says no thank you to church. The world, it, it's not because they don't agree or they don't like something Jesus said or something like that. They're looking at the church going, so what's the difference? Am I wrong or am I right? A hurting world is going, man, when I talk about to church people, all they do is gripe about the, how long the preacher preaches, you know, or there's problems here, there's problem in that, or our board don't, doesn't get along, you know, you know, what? listen, folks, that's ungodly garbage, and it never belongs in the church, and it doesn't belong in your life, and it doesn't belong on your lips. The bottom line is you need to tell everybody what God is doing in your life. You need to let them know there's something awesome in the power of God. You need to let them know there's something great in the healing of God. You need to let them know that God can do awesome and mighty and powerful things in your life, no matter what the mess might be. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that today. Look, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to start with that crazy verse. And what I want to lead into this with, as soon as I learn to talk, what I want to lead into this with is I want you to remember that when Paul was writing this, anybody know where he was? Dude was in jail. And I mean, they didn't have prison reform or justice leagues back then. When you were in jail, it was nasty. You were lucky if somebody brought you some food because you weren't getting any food in the jail. They didn't have a jail kitchen, you know, or infirmity, infirmary. It was just nasty. And I want you to remember where he is because too often we've got all these excuses about why we can't be what God created us to be. We've got all these excuses about why we can't do what God created us to do. We've got all these excuses. We kind of know what we ought to be and what we ought to do, but we've got this excuse machine down And church, parenthetically, let me throw something in here. And the biggest problem Christians have is the church. Because people come in, well, you got to understand, it's my wife, it's my family, it's my finances, it's my job. We need to look at them and say, no, it's you. I didn't hear a whole lot of amens on that one. But you hear what I'm saying. 
When we let people off the hook and we allow them to be something God never created them to be, then the bottom line is you need to understand you've done none no favor. Well, I want to be nice. Well, nice is neither a gift nor a fruit of God's Holy Spirit. Nice will kill you. Well, Jesus was nice. No, he was not. Jesus was kind. But sometimes kindness ain't nice. If you're being a dingbat, the, problem, the best thing somebody can do is come up to you and say, I love you with all my heart, and I'll be there for you, and I'll be there with you. But the bottom line is you're being a dingbat. Amen? Amen? It is important. It is so important. It really is. But Paul is sitting in this jail. And I mean, it was a nasty, negative place. And you know what Paul says? Well, you people just have to understand. I can't do much for Jesus. You got to understand, I, you know, I got all these problems and these people don't like me. And, you know, that woman I'm with, she's crazy as a hoot owl. And, you know, no, Paul says, listen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. See, we got to stop this stuff. We got to stop being nice. I probably interviewed at 25 churches in my ministry life. And every one of them said, we want to be a nice church, a friendly church. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, I want to be a Christ church. Okay. I want to lead people to the power and love and holiness and righteousness and grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to look at every person that walks in the door and say, listen, you can do everything God created you to do. You can be the very person God created you to be. You can accomplish what God created you to accomplish. You can accomplish those visions and those dreams that God has given you. Paul's sitting in prison, but he's still dreaming. Are you with me? Paul's sitting in a prison, but he's still saying, you know what? I'm getting it done. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know how long I'm gonna have to sit here. I don't know how, whatever, it doesn't matter. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Now look back two verses. I don't know about y'all, but I'm hot. I apologize. And if it, if it hurts your feelings that I took my coat off, <laughs> get over it. But um, understand this. In verse 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In verse 11, look at verse 11. He says, not that I speak from want, but I have learned to be content. I have learned to be happy in whatever my circumstance. Amen. You mean I could be happy even in the middle of COVID? Yes, Christians, we really need to be happy in the middle of COVID. Our hurting, crazy world needs Christians that are able to be happy and not fearful, not stupid, but not fearful in the middle of this mess. 
We need people that, that, that we can be honest with people. We struggle at home. We struggle in our marriage. My kids, woohoo. You know, we could say whatever we need to say. But the bottom line is, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And no matter the situation, I could be content. I could be happy right where I am. I never forget when the Israelites were taken into Babylonian captivity. And uh, what a mess that was. And, and they, they were taken into Babylonian captivity because they were sinful. And they, were, they just over and over and over did exactly what God told them not to do. And so God let the Babylonians come in and take them into captivity. And you know what God said? Don't worry, in a couple years, you're out of here. No, he said, listen, you're here for 70 years. Ain't exactly what you want to hear when you're in slavery. Right? Anybody else? You know? But you know what he said? Here was his encouragement. Take a chill pill, get good where you are, be effective where you are, be the person you were created to be where you are, and show your children how to live no matter what the situation. Moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, that's who we need to be. Amen? We need to be people that quit whining and griping and make excuses and all this kind of stuff and say, you know what? Yeah, right now the bills are bigger than the paycheck. Anybody ever been there? You know, uh, sometimes, you know, the, the situation is just not what I'd like it to be. And this is happening and this is happening. But you know what? It's okay. I'm good. I'm digging in. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be that person that represents what Jesus did on the cross and what Jesus did on, in his resurrection. Amen. That's who I'm going to be. I really am. Well, pastor, oh my goodness. Well, pastor, you, you don't understand my situation. You, you don't understand what a mess I've made. You don't understand what a mess God has allowed in my life. You, you, you just don't understand. Well, here's what you do about that. Look at verse six. Verse six says, listen, quit griping. Quit stressing. Anybody else tired of the word stress? Every time there's a problem, oh, the stress. Stress is life, man. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, stress is real. Stress is, stress, I, I don't know anybody who, who lives and does anything without stress. And I keep hearing, oh, my job is so stressful. Oh, get over yourself. Every job is stressful. Amen. Oh, I've got these problems. Anybody here not got any problems? No, I'm serious. Anybody here not got any situations you wish weren't different? I think everybody does, right? You know, we need to see that. We need to understand that. We need to kind of embrace that whole reality, that that's just the way things are. But it's time, by the grace of God, when he says, don't be anxious, quit being anxious, quit getting all stressed out over everything, what he's saying is, I'm right there with you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. I'm by your side. I will see you through this. I know what you're going through better than you know what you're going through. Amen? He says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything. I hate that word because there's some things I want to pray about and some things I don't. Anybody else? There's some things I'd rather not let God in on, especially 
goofy things I've done myself. Huh? I want him to help the things that I didn't call. I just, you know, and others, but there's just certain things. He says, listen, in everything by prayer and supplication, here's the part that's hard for me. I'm going to be honest. When something ain't what I want, anybody else struggle to be thankful? You know, I'm so thankful for that COVID I had at Christmas. You know, you feel like people are going to put you away, man. You know, but she says in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Are we doing that? Or are we holding on to it so we've got a good gripe we can take out of our pocket when we need it? I do this. I'm kind of, I kind of have a master's degree in that. Anybody else? You know, it, griping, whining, that just, you know, I'll call it genetic. I'll blame my parents. All right? <laughs> but the reality is, it's all on me. God said, you got a choice. You can either hold that junk and allow it to kind of sit in there and rot and, and kind of get nasty and infect and get ugly. Or you can bring it to me with a heart of thanksgiving. Now, I'm going to be honest. I got to pause there sometimes and go, okay, God, you're going to have to help me with this one. This Thanksgiving thing, I ain't feeling that. Anybody else? Thanksgiving. Are you crazy? Here's the cool part. It's amazing. When I bring those things to God, how God is able to take those things and flip them in my mind and my heart and my life and my soul. Amen? Amen? It's just, it just something about it, bringing it to him and allowing him to do something. And, and, and whereas before I was just angry and frustrated, somehow God was able to do something extraordinary in that and kind of flip that so that no longer am I angry and frustrated. Now I'm kind of thankful for the difficulty I have to endure. Wow, doesn't that sound good? Anybody here got stuff in your life that you're just kind of frustrated about? You're just kind of stressed over? Anybody? Here's the cool part. God's standing there. And he's saying, listen, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's kind of what we're talking about, isn't it? You know, and with all this stuff going around, and I keep hearing about all these major psychological, emotional things that are happening in people's lives. Everybody's like, well, well. I want to tell my friends about Jesus, but I don't know what to say. Say that. You're a mess. Jesus can change that. But then you've got to live it. You can't say Jesus can change that and then start griping and grumbling about your life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know it's more convenient to do it the other way. But the bottom line is that's, that's, that's the cool part about this. Look at the next verse, verse seven. He says, if you bring everything to me with prayer and supplication, he said, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, 
will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, are you hot too? Me too. Roy, turn that air conditioning on, man. Give you a dollar. Somebody forgot to turn it on. Me. He says, listen, you bring it all to me. And I will give you a peace that no man, quit looking at him. He'll get it done. Don't worry about him. He's all right. You know, God will give you a peace that no man can actually comprehend and no man can actually articulate. No one can actually explain what God can and will do in your life if you'll let him. Amen. Now, The word peace many times, I think, is kind of misrepresented. We think of peace as this moment where we sit there and we we, we get with a guru and we go, um, um. And God God kind of gives us a a moment of, of serenity. God kind of makes everything okay. Even if we have bills, we don't we don't realize it. Even if we have struggles, we don't realize it. We just have this. Ah, that's not peace. The peace he's talking about here, the Greek term is the reine. He's taking that so long. Huh? I know, it's Janet's fault. <laughs> See, that's not taking any responsibility. You know. The word for peace is reine in the Greek. I'm sure that thrills your ever-loving heart. But let me tell you what it means. It doesn't mean just some kind of momentary peace where all your problems go away. When God gives you peace, he gives you a vision of your future with him in it. I'll say it again. Y'all must have missed it. When you're sitting in the mess and you bring everything to God, And you pray, God, I I need this, man. If I don't have this, God, help me. And it's okay to be that way. It's okay. You're God's kid. Your kid ever come to you ask for money? Huh? You know, it's okay. And you come to God and you lay it all out there, lay it all out there. And let me advise you with something. Don't leave anything out. Because the thing you leave out of that asking for help or supplies or supplication or whatever you want to call it, that thing most likely is going to be your hang-up and it's going to kind of poison, it's going to infect, and it's going to be your cancer. You want to bring everything to God. God, you need to help me with this, man, because it's not that I don't like him. I hate him. Amen? Have you ever been there, ladies? You ever ever been there? Anybody? Anybody honest? You want to be honest and say, God, here it is. I can't stand this person. I can't stand this job. Man, this is getting on my nerves. Man, I got fear that I don't know how to deal with. Here it is, God, and God will give you a vision. God will give you a revelation. God will help you to see your future. That stuff doesn't disappear, but he's there. No longer are you handling it, he's handling it. No longer do you have to overcome and conquer it, he's overcoming and conquering it. Amen? 
man, what a powerful, powerful insight. What a powerful understanding. Let's go back to the beginning. We said, by the grace of God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me no matter the situation. Amen? I can learn to be content. I can learn to be happy right where I'm at no matter the situation. Man, when I run up against big problems and I get stressed out and my mind starts getting crazy and funky, the bottom line is all I've got to do is, is i got to give it all to God in prayer, asking for his help, and God will help me to see my way forward by his grace, in his power, in his love, in his healing, in his wisdom. Is anybody there with me? What a powerful thing. What a powerful understanding that we're not in this on our own. We don't have to sit around and stew in fear. We don't have to sit around and stew and fret about the things that are taking place. We don't have to sit around and allow this stuff to infect our mind or our heart or our emotions or our relationship or anything else. We absolutely can bring it to God and God can supply us with what we need so that we see that no matter where we are, no matter what happens, he's right there. He knew it was going to happen before it happened. Amen. See, sometimes I argue with him and say, well, God, why didn't you fix it before it happened? But the problem is you and I, sometimes we got to go through stuff before we learn anything. You know? Christians, are you dreaming? Are you dreaming about who you can be? Are you dreaming about what you can do? Are you dreaming how you can impact that, that member of your family that, that really is hurting and, and can't get out of their own way? Or are you dreaming about what you can do in the future because maybe you're not real satisfied with where you are and, and you just wanna do something else? Are, are, are you dreaming? Are you dreaming how God can use you at Riverview? Are you dreaming about how God can use you wherever you might be? Are you, are you dreaming or are you just stuck? You don't have to be stuck. But pastor, you don't understand the mess. You don't understand my mess. <laughs> you don't understand the mess I've made. You don't understand the poor decisions I've made. You don't understand what people have done to me. Pastor, you don't understand my living situation. You don't understand my life situation. You don't understand my professional situation. You, you, you just don't understand, pastor. I probably don't but there's one who does. Amen. Turn over with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul was a pretty good guy. I mean, he had been a real turkey when it came, you know, when he was Saul, he was killing Christians and maiming Christians and getting Christians uh, jailed and everything. And, and I mean, he was, he was a pretty bad guy at one point. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, God comes along, blinds a dude, and he gets saved and turns it all around. Instead of being Saul, he becomes Paul of Tarsus, and he becomes this great preacher and this great evangelist and this great man of God, and he's doing great and mighty things. But there's this thing. The Bible calls it a thorn. 
I, I think the Bible's cool because the Bible doesn't tell us what the thorn is. So it kind of leaves it, it's almost like where you see that word thorn, you could just kind of underline it, erase it, and put your thing in there. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You could put your stuff in there. You could put your malady in there. You could put your mistake in there. You could put your past thing that really dogs you in there. You could put that person that's dogging you now in there. You, whatever it might be. Some of us have made some major, 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 major uh, mistakes in our lives. Just put that in there. Here's the cool part. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, if you confess that, it's forgiven. It's, it's forgotten as far as God's concerned. Amen? Isn't that cool? Isn't that a wonderful thing? That we could just bring it to God, confess it, and he automatically forgives us. I like the last part as much as the first. And cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Amen? I don't know about you, but I think that's really cool. I really, really do. And you don't have to walk with it anymore. You don't, have to, you don't have to talk with it anymore. It doesn't have to be hanging on your mind or your heart anymore. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It isn't on the board, but if you need to know where they are, I'll tell you after, sir. Wow. But in the middle of that, there's something. And I laugh. You guys have to understand. I laugh at theologians. Because there are theologians that write books on what that thorn was. No, I'm serious. I've, I've, I've sat for hours listening to people talking about what that thorn was. And the amazing part to me is all the experts disagree on what that thorn was. Let me tell you how intelligent your pastor is. He doesn't bother to worry about what that thorn was because he's not smart enough to figure it out anyway, you know? So I just let that go. And I just put my thorns in there. And three times, three times, and I want you to get this, because sometimes this gets very frustrating. God, I want to be your man. God, I want to be your woman. God, I want to do your will. God, I, I feel called to this. God, I, but there's this thorn. Let me help you with this. We all have them. Is everybody with me? We all got them thorns. We all have those things. God's intelligent. I'm sure he appreciates you saying that. What he does, though, he leaves that in our lives because without it, we're too arrogant and sinful to realize we need him on a regular basis. So he leaves stuff like that in our lives. It's not to damage us. It's not to destroy us. It's not to keep us from being that great man or woman that he created us to be. He leaves it there to humble us. Amen. I see so many people destroyed by the thorn. I see so many people who, who drive themselves crazy because they can't get rid of the thorn. Well, kids, let me help you with something. If Paul couldn't get rid of the thorn, you're all right. He wrote most of the New Testament. Amen? Now, I'm not excusing stupid. I'm just excusing the thorn. Amen? It's going to be there. Don't drive yourself crazy over it. Don't, don't bang at yourself over it. It's there. 
Paul asked three different times, please get rid of this thorn. Please deal with this thorn. Can't you do something about this thorn? You know what God says in in, in verse 9? Look at it. My grace. Let me explain that word. That word is so cool. That word is just so cool. Rob, I'm going to give you this hanky. All right, you believe I'm going to give you this hanky? Do you really want this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what he have to do to receive that hanky? He had to take it. Kids, God's grace is a gift. Too many people. He's offering every gift you need to be that man, to be that woman, to accomplish his will. He's offering his gift to you, his grace. It's free. That bothers a lot of people. Now, I want to pay for this thing. I want to know I'm worthy of this thing. Don't tell anybody I said this, but you never will be. You ain't pretty enough. I know looking at me, that's hard to believe. All right, you're not ever going to give enough, Tori. I don't appreciate that attitude. (laughs) You're never going to do enough. You're never going to be nice enough. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to read your Bible enough. You're not going to go to church enough. You're never going to be worthy of that gift. But because of God's awesome, powerful, never-ending love, it is right there for you. Let's say, okay, preacher, stop a second. You mean that everything I need to deal with the mess I've made is right there? Yep. Well, I tried. That's the problem. You don't try to take a gift. You just take it. You don't take a gift and then try to build it. You just take the gift. Folks, let me ask you something. Are you taking the gift? Are you receiving that gift? Are you receiving that love you need? Are you receiving that healing you need? Are you receiving that salvation you need? Are you receiving that knowledge you need? Are you receiving that wisdom you need? Are you receiving that whatever God needs to give you so that you can be that man or woman or do what he would have you to do or what you really want to do? Are you receiving it? My grace, my gift is sufficient for you. See, where I think a lot of Christians mess up is they receive the gift and then they try to build on it. Well, you know, I'm going to read a book. I never want to be reading books. But honestly, you can't build on sufficiency. It's sufficient. You mean everything I need to overcome this mental struggle I've got, I can find in the gift of God? Yes. You mean everything I need to overcome this past scar or wounding, I can find the sufficiency of Christ? Yes. Everything. Say with me, everything. Everything. It's sufficient. Well, that's hard to understand, isn't it? You know, we think it's grace and. There ain't no and after grace. It's sufficient. 
It's all you will ever need. That's hard for we human beings to get. It really is. Well, I got to go to church 400. I got to have 25 years of perfect Sunday school tent, appendix tent. You know, no, no, you don't. You know, if you got them, fine. You can do like my roommate in college did. When we got in trouble for not cleaning our room like we were supposed to, we went to this council and he wore his 10 years of Sunday school attendance pins. And he just said, I want you all to notice my 10 years of perfect Sunday school attendance pins. Didn't help us any. We still got fine. But the bottom line is, it was there, okay? It's sufficient. It's everything you need. The next part freaks me out. For, you see, my power is perfected. In your weakness. That's just otherworldly. That's just upside down. I'm supposed to be strong. You know, I, man, by now as a Christian, I've been going to church for 500 years. I ought to be able to tackle everything. You know what I find? The closer I get to God and the more I understand him, the better off I am realizing I'm kind of nothing. And laying myself down before him and saying, God, I ain't got a clue. But I know you do. I have no clue how to handle this, but I know you do. I have no idea how to become that person, but I know you do. I have no idea how to build this church but I know you do. Amen? I have no idea. (laughs) You could ask Jed, when we started at this school, you know how much I knew about early education? None. Nothing. And you know how much I know about business? I thought I was going to have to do the finances. Now, that is real scary. All right? I knew nothing. But you know why it's done well? Because I knew I knew nothing, and I stayed out of the way, and God did miracles. God did miracles. God took a $200,000 a year school and made it a $2 million a year school. Not because of me. (laughs) Amen? My power is perfected in weakness. This next part, you see, what I want him to do, I want to erase these next couple lines because I want him to say, his power is perfected in my weakness. Therefore, that's when I grow strong and I become the man. Huh? Wouldn't that be better? He goes on and says, so so here's what I'm going to do. Instead of talking about me being the man, I'm going to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ, answer that phone, son. I love when that happens. I just love when that happens. So I'm going to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Jesus Christ may dwell or live, reside in me. Folks, 
Scott Turner, teach him how to turn that phone off. <laughs> yeah, let's all watch him walk out. Now I can't remember what I was saying. I boast about my weakness. I don't know why I was saying that. It's in the verse. I don't need any help. No. Who is that? Derek, is that you? <laughs> yeah, nobody wants God. Satan don't want us to hear this verse. Derek's the only black man I know that turns red. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Are you dreaming? Are you dreaming about what God can do in your life, in your world, in your marriage, in your home, in your family? Amen? Amen? Are you dreaming? Seriously. Are you dreaming in him? Are you dreaming about him working in you and through you and for you and around you and impacting a lost and hurting world? Amen? So very, very, very important for us to begin to do that. It's important for us to remember we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's important for us to remember that no matter our situation, we can learn to be happy. We can learn to be content right where we are. Amen? It's important for us to remember that God Almighty is there and all we have to do is bring it to him and he will give us a peace. He will give us a vision of our future in his power, in his glory. The verse I forgot to say was in verse 19 of that chapter, it says that God will supply your need according to your great riches and glory. And there may be stuff, there may be thorns, there may be messes, there may be divorces, there may be lawsuits, there may be things in your past that you're just like, oh my goodness, why did I do that? And God says, you gotta understand something, it's okay. My grace, my gift, my love is sufficient for you. It's sufficient for you. And you need to understand, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to let him know that you're weak and you don't know how to handle things. It's okay because his power is perfected in our weaknesses. Amen. How great is your God? The kids are going to come sing. I don't know where they went. Kids. There's one. There's another. There's the other one. The kids are going to come sing, how great is your God? How great is your God? I want to say one thing silly. Your God may not be that great. But he can be. Sometimes that prayer of supplication is God Help me just to know how great and powerful and mighty you are. Amen. Amen? Some of you might say, you know what? That thorn is our marriage. We need God to do something extraordinary in our marriage, and he will. Amen? Amen? Some of us might say, I've done things in my past 
that I just don't seem to conquer and overcome. Hmm. Our great God can come and provide for you everything you need to put that away and behind you. Amen. Amen. Pastor, there are things in my life that I don't know how to fix. There are thorns in my life that I don't know how to get rid of. Hmm. That's okay. Because God says, listen, my gift, my grace, my power, my salvation, my overwhelming love for you hmm, is greater than any of that. We're going to sing how great that, um, I mean, how great is our God. You could tell him old. And while we're singing it, you might want to say, you know what? I need to pray about something. Because I'm allowing something to dog me to the point I'm not effective as a person. I'm allowing something to so overwhelm me that I'm not effective as a man or woman of God. I'm allowing this fear to just drag me down. I'm allowing this mistake to just keep me from dreaming because I don't want to feel like I failed again. Welcome to the real world. You're going to fail. Whatever it might be, this might be a great time to come and kneel or sit or stand or whatever and just say, God, I need you to do for me what I don't even know how to begin to do for myself. Amen? These altars are open. We're going to sing this wonderful song, and then we're going to pray. And I mean we're going to pray, and we're going to pray the glory down. So if you need to sit down during that prayer, you go ahead. But the bottom line is, I just want to ask you, I want you to ask yourself, is the great power and love and grace of God working sufficiently and effectively in my life? Let's stand.